Hey guys, welcome to another episode of Nursing Your Career Podcast. I'm Nurse Greg, and today we're actually going to do a mini episode on orthopedics because we've been getting a lot of outreach uh, on Instagram and TikTok and people asking us to cover certain topics, and a common theme we noticed was ortho. So we're going to touch a little bit on that today and go over some considerations and nursing interventions that you can do at the bedside to better take care of your patients. So orthopedics obviously covers a wide range of pathologies, a wide range of breaks, fractures, surgical interventions, non-surgical interventions, immobilization interventions, internal fixation interventions, and everything in between. So the biggest thing that I notice, especially when nursing students come to me or new nurses come to me and they say, I'm having trouble with ortho and I'm having trouble keeping up with what I'm supposed to do. The common theme among students and new nurses is that they are trying to be the orthopedic physician. And I don't mean that in a bad way. It's good to have a broad base of knowledge, and it's really good to know your anatomy, your pathologies, uh, because through that, you can better be, be better prepared about what to expect and the things you're going to have to treat. But the first thing that people need to realize is that when they talk about fixing a fracture, nobody fixes a fracture. Time fixes a fracture. As healthcare professionals, we can immobilize the fracture, we can realign the fracture, we can put rods in the fracture, screws, pins, what have you, but only time is going to fix that fracture. And all we do, especially from the nursing perspective, is aid that fracture in its own healing process and prevent complications associated not only with the fracture, but tissue damage and nerve damage surrounding the fracture from interventions that we do in the healthcare setting. So we're going to break this down. So the first thing that I do when somebody presents to me with a fracture of some kind is just like all my other assessments, I'm going to take a look. Looking is the, always the first step in the assessment process. It always will be. You're going to have to get a general appearance of your patient, of the area, and that's going to give you an idea of what road we're going to travel down here. So let's take something simple, uh, an arm break, left arm fracture. The first thing that I'm going to do when I look at my patient is I'm going to look for any obvious deformities in that limb. Right away, if I see an obvious deformity, that's going to put me on a different track of thinking of more surgical intervention, possibly uh, resetting of that bone, especially in an emergency department setting, which is going to make me think about what I have to do to get that patient ready to have that intervention. Now, how am I going to notice if there's a blatant deformity, just like everything else we do in the nursing process, we're going to compare it bilaterally. We're going to compare it to the other side. Once I take a look, I'm looking for blatant deformities, bruising, swelling. Uh, is the fracture open or is the fracture closed? If it's an open fracture, that's going to put me on another level of thinking. Now we have a surgical intervention and I have to start thinking about antibiotics because with the interruption 
in the um, integrity of the skin, plus the bone that is now protruding through the tissue, we have a huge risk of infection in that case. So we're going to need to start antibiotics on top of doing our orthopedic interventions. The next thing that I'm going to do is I'm going to palpate the area, not only the area of the fracture, but I want to palpate the area beyond the fracture, the area distal to the fracture. So if the fracture's in the left forearms, I care about the fingertips. I want to know if the fracture or the swelling surrounding that fracture is starting to affect the circulation and the nerve tissue in that limb, which is a very real possibility. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to assess the area distal to that fracture. I'm going to ask my patient, hey, can you feel me touching your fingers? I'm going to take a radial pulse. I'm going to check a capillary refill to make sure their fingers are filling with blood appropriately. I'm looking for any interruption in circulation or sensation or motor function that could be being could be compromised by the fracture that's um, proximal to that area. That's one of my biggest concerns throughout the whole healing process, not only with the initial injury, but after the the interventions that we do for that injury. Um, if it's a non-surgical intervention and it does require a, uh, a casting or an immobilization of some kind, the biggest nursing consideration is making sure that that cast or that immobilizing brace doesn't cut off circulation of the limb. People forget that when we put a cast on, especially a new cast within the first 24 hours, that cast is not as hard as it needs to be. It takes about 24 hours for that cast to set. And so it's really important when you're educating your patients on things like this to remind them to keep it elevated. You can put ice on top of the cast to keep swelling down. Um, and you want to remind them that when they rest the, the cast, don't put it on anything hard. You, you want to put it on pillows, you want to put it on the couch, something that's going to elevate it on a soft surface because believe it or not, if you rest that cast, that new cast on let's say a table corner or a desk edge, it's going to put an indent in that cast and what that indent is going to do, it's going to press up against the skin underneath the cast and not only could it cut off circulation, it can also cause massive skin breakdown which could lead to infection and just impede the entire healing process. So we want to make sure we're educating our patients on proper cast care um, if it's a non-surgical intervention and the limb has to be immobilized. The other thing we worry about in the immediate uh, period after a fracture and the immediate period after an immobilizing device, we worry about something called compartment syndrome. Now compartment syndrome is basically when the tissue around the fracture gets so swollen that it cuts off the blood supply to the limb itself. Essentially, the swelling becomes a tourniquet on the limb. And one of the hallmarks of compartment syndrome is A, atypical swelling, which means through our experience and practice, this limb looks way swollen than what we would expect it to be in the immediate fracture period. Um, the other big one that patients will give you a hint of if it's a evolving compartment syndrome is pain that is not necessarily proportionate to the injury and pain that is non-responsive to pharmacological interventions. That's the hallmark really is that we will dump 
an extraordinary amount of narcotics, pain meds uh, into this patient, and they will still be screaming at the top of their lungs that it hurts at 10 out of 10 pain. So pain uh, not responding to the appropriate medication intervention is also another hallmark of compartment syndrome. Uh, And the only treatment for that is a fasciotomy, which means we literally um, take a scalpel, a surgeon takes a scalpel under anesthesia and makes a cut down the limb to allow the tissue to swell um, without the confines of the skin anymore. We intentionally lacerate the area um, to allow that tissue to expand. And if you've ever seen it done for the first time, it honestly, the best way I can describe it, it looks like a sausage that you have cut out of the case. It's under so much pressure. Um, keep in mind, your patient will be under anesthesia for this procedure. Um, so don't don't worry about pain with the fasciotomy. But in the post-op period, um, they will have post-op pain like any other surgery. Um, so appropriate pain management is going to be a huge component of taking care of somebody who has had a treatment for a compartment syndrome. Um, also, since we've intentionally lacerated the area, infection control. Um, so sterile dressing changes, broad spectrum antibiotics um, to really keep an eye that the uh, area is healing well and does not have an infection. Um, another thing we encounter a lot in the healthcare setting, uh, especially in, in orthopedics, is uh, hip fractures. Um, Hip fractures are extremely common, especially in the elderly population, and they can happen for a variety of reasons. Um, And the assessment process doesn't stop just because this is an, quote, orthopedic case, end quote. Um, If somebody comes to me with a a new hip fracture, the first thing that I'm going to ask, uh, two questions actually, one, do you remember falling down? Um, And a yes, I tripped over the kitchen chair is a heck of a lot different than, you know what, I really don't know what happened. I got dizzy and I fell down, which will warrant a whole other workup of cardiac nature, electrolyte nature, neurological nature to make sure um, that nothing serious caused this fainting spell in the first place. If it is what we call a mechanical fall, meaning, yes, I remember what happened. Yes, I tripped over a chair. Yes, I slipped on a carpet. I didn't hit my head. I never lost consciousness. Uh, I can explain to you exactly what's been going on. Uh, The next question I ask is, how long were you on the floor? Um, Even before we start orthopedic interventions, um, I always tell my nursing students that the environment will kill you first. And if you've ever put your hand on a kitchen floor, you will notice it is a heck of a lot colder than the environment around it. And for some elderly person to have been on that floor for an extended period of time, not only puts them at risk for hypothermia, which is very common in these cases, it also puts them at risk for muscle breakdown when they're lying motionless on the floor. And the chemicals that leak into your bloodstream uh, from the degradation of your muscles can actually kill your kidneys. So already, even before we've addressed the actual orthopedic issue, we're doing our assessment process to try to get a good history on how this injury occurred and treat any underlying pathologies that might be hiding under the pain of this hip fracture. When people come in with a fractured hip, the first thing you'll notice on your assessment is usually the limb that is affected, that limb is going to be shorter than the limb uh, on the other side. 
Because when that femur breaks and the hip fracture occurs, the muscles in your leg are so powerful, they actually contract and pull that broken part of the femur, the leg bone, up and away. Um, so the whole limb appears to be shorter than the other one and usually externally rotated, uh, which is a big indicator that a hip fracture has occurred. And just like we talked about earlier with the upper extremity fracture, we're taking a look first. We're making sure we have pulses uh, that are distal to the injury. We're making sure they can feel their toes. We're making sure they can wiggle their foot. We're checking the temperature of the limb because a hip fracture where somebody has good pulses, a good color to their skin, a warm temperature is a heck of a lot different than somebody who comes in with a hip fracture and that limb is cold, gray, and dead. Um, that's going to put you down a completely different trajectory for emergency surgery where we need to try to restore blood supply and save that limb immediately. Or if we have some time to page the orthopedic doctors, schedule a surgery, get some x-rays, get pain under control, and uh, treat the fracture appropriately. The last thing that I want to touch on with uh, orthopedics is very commonly among new nurses and even sometimes ex experienced nurses is that with fractures, a huge component of this fracture is often missed. And it's a very big umbrella term and it's a very big picture that's associated with the fracture. And that's immobility. People with broken bones do not move as well as healthy people, obviously. Now, sometimes we lose track of what the damages can be with immobility in relation to the fracture itself. A hip fracture itself in a healthy person will heal with time. It will require a surgical intervention. It will require pain management. It will require physical therapy and rehab, but it will heal in time. However, during the period where that patient is not moving like they should be, a plethora of pathologies can happen due to the immobility that that fracture is causing. People who lie in bed tend to get blood clots more. They develop pneumonia more. They get skin breakdown and bed sores a heck of a lot more. And all of these things only hinder the healing process of the hip, but can develop into some pretty serious complications that can kill somebody very easily. Uh, after a hip fracture, if you look at the data, the one-year mortality rate of an elderly person who suffers a hip fracture goes up exponentially, meaning that if they have a hip fracture, the chances that they are going to die from something else related to, related to that hip fracture or a sequelae of that hip fracture, the data says the chances are a lot greater. So we need to think about nursing interventions for immobility as well. And this means adequate pain control so that we get our patient up and moving as quickly as possible, the appropriate consults with physical therapy, occupational therapy. We need to be exercising their lungs. Incentive spirometry is a huge component of this care. And what an incentive spirometer will do is it will make the patient take deep breaths very often so that their lungs are expanding and contracting, clearing all the mucus, clearing all the secretions so that they don't develop a pneumonia. All of this kind of gets forgotten, especially with, with newer nurses and nursing students, because again, 
we try to focus on the pathology of the fracture itself. And that's really the orthopedic's job. They focus on aligning and creating an environment internally and externally via surgical intervention or immobilization where time and the human body itself gets the best chance it can to heal that bone. What nursing does, like we've been talking all along, we deal in the status changes of the short term that constitutes or turns into the long term, meaning we're in a better position to notice a status change of the tissue around the limb, the tissue distal to the fracture, evolving pneumonias, pulmonary problems, immobility issues, these things that happen in the day-to-day. While the orthopedic doctor is looking at the big long-term picture of the fracture healing uh, in and of itself. So if we keep a close eye on our patients and we provide good education, we augment that physician's care to allow that bone the greatest chance it has to heal without any external complications, which is going to lead to a better outcome for your patient. If you guys have any other questions about different topics, feel free to give us some comments in our TikTok page, our Instagram page. We're happy to answer you guys. If it's a topic that a lot of people are asking on, we're happy to make an episode. And we really hope this helps you guys better your practice and better your nursing school experience if you're still a student. So as always, we will catch you next time. And thanks for tuning into the Nursing Your Career podcast.